welcome to the Hormones in Harmony podcast. I'm your host, Vivian Allred, former chronic illness sufferer turned trusted health practitioner. My passion is helping people to identify and address the root causes of their symptoms through my online business, Viva Natural Health. If you're struggling with confusing or stubborn symptoms that just won't go away despite your best efforts, then you're in the right place. If I can heal from a long list of symptoms and conditions, including cystic acne, hair loss, severe food reactions, and brain fog, then you can heal too. Stay tuned for weekly episodes that share expert guest interviews, Q&A, and solo episodes that are all intended to help you wherever you're at on your healing journey. The information shared on this podcast is intended for educational purposes only, and is not designed to replace the advice of your health practitioner. That said, let's get into today's episode. Hello, welcome back. Today I have a repeat guest on. This will be the third time on the show. She was on a few weeks back to talk all about root causes of fertility struggles, and her name is Rosie Tadman. She's a friend of mine, and this was the day after we actually met up and went for a cold swim called Lake Swim in February, which we sound like crazy people, but we have to do it if we're in the health world. Um, I think it's like an initiation. You're only a true health person if you go and go into cold lakes in February. But yeah, we felt good. We touched on that at the start of the episode, but I actually wanted to record this one for just a fun episode just to throw in here. And it's just nice to talk to another practitioner who started um, practicing similar time as me. She went to the same college, just in different locations. And yeah, she's just become a friend over the years. So she will probably be on the podcast more into season two. But for those who maybe don't know Rosie, didn't listen to the last episode, which I would highly recommend doing so, um, even if you aren't struggling with your fertility, if you don't want kids now or ever, it's just a good one to listen to because remember, fertility is a sign of health. So if you want optimal health, you want to be fertile. So the same things apply. There are some like very like nuanced things that she talks about um, if it is fertility and having a baby that you're after. But yeah, just for general health, look at her stuff because it's still really relevant. But Rosie Tadman is also a nutritional therapist who studied at the prestigious College of Naturopathic Medicine in London. She has a home clinic in Cholton, Manchester, and she sees clients from all over the UK and occasionally further afield on Zoom. Rosie uses modern science and traditional wisdom to support couples and solo mums or dads-to-be to conceive. She looks at root causes rather than masking symptoms. Rosie welcomes people from all walks of life through her door, whatever gender, ethnicity, sexual orientation or religion, everyone is welcome because fertility issues can affect everyone and she enjoys working with diverse individuals and families. So in this episode, we're sharing some of our funny, but also some sad healing journey stories, plus mistakes that we've made in terms of different diets that we've been on, mindset things, exercise and protocols, detox protocols, parasite cleanses, all of that. And I just love chatting with Rosie in general um, because, yeah, we have a lot in common and we work in a similar way, which is nice. So this is a more, last episode was a more sciencey geek out episode. So hopefully you can see a more fun side of Rosie and me 
And let me know if you want more chatty episodes like this in the future. So I hope you enjoy it. This is just going to be a like chatty, hopefully fun. It'll, we'll definitely have a laugh at our mistakes, but hopefully people can learn to avoid some of these things and just have a giggle along with us because the healing journey when you're on this quest, you feel completely alienated from certain family members sometimes and they just think you're this like quack who is just this crazy person um but then do you agree that people start like asking you if, if your family and loved ones done that too where they're like first they think you're crazy then they like ridicule you or something then they kind of ask for help that's the what the first they laugh and then they follow yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. no no still no <laughs> uh I would say no but sometimes they don't ask us they like do their own research this is definitely my family I'll tell my mum or my boyfriend something for months and months and they're like yeah yeah like not listening and then they're like oh did you hear this on Lorraine or this on a podcast I'm like yeah isn't that what I told you like last year 100% of that (laughs) yeah like my husband will be like oh you know started this new PT and he told me x y and z and I'm like uh-huh. It has to be an outsider giving yeah. them yeah, the advice. Which, yeah, which I do. I think it's like they see us as like their daughter, mm. their partner. Their it's like it must be weird for them to imagine us being like, like in a professional capacity, yeah, yeah. like knowing stuff or like telling them what to do. Or they don't want to feel like checked in on or anything like that. And to be honest, I wouldn't work. I've even had some friends message me like like old school friends like can I work with you and I'm like not really because it gets a bit weird so I'd rather refer you out to someone else totally then I want to go out to a meal with someone and then be like oh I ordered this like I feel bad and yeah it just gets a little bit complex yeah I think the, the line between I think actually that is something that a mistake I have made or something that I've learned from is the longer I've gone on like at the start, I did take on some people that I knew as clients, um, acquaintances, friends, um, and I I probably wouldn't do that now. Mm. Yeah, and I I work with a few people locally to begin with. Like the first maybe first few years when I was still working at Sainsbury's part time and I was just setting everything up. Um, I had a little clinic room that I would just use as and when needed. The guy was great. He just like pay me a fiver and then just go in like if it's free amazing acupuncturist so he gave me some of his clients but then I had people locally and some of them traveled from like Bolton area or um, a little bit outside more towards Manchester and some of them like I still see now so it was good that I did that and I think people like the in-person but then I had a session with someone who lived in Lee and where I live and I didn't know her but she lived like a few streets away and I was like oh that's cool but then I ended up moving into this place and her son lives next door to me so I'd see her in the corridor in my apartment building I'd be like oh hi and but I'd not seen her in in, like years and years um really helped with the digestive stuff um I'd spoke to the lad's girlfriend as well for an enrollment call and something like basic that I told her on that free call had like completely got rid of her symptoms so she didn't end up working with me so they were like like my biggest fans next door yeah yeah it's a small world I mean that that really is a small world but it doesn't happen as much when I work online now with people 
outside of my little bubble. I had one where um, I was at a second birthday party at Soft Play, which is like carnage. And I like recognised this woman's face. I didn't know where from. And I was just like, I recognise your face. Like, where do I know you from? She was like, you help me. <laughs> <with my child."> <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know that's so bad, isn't it? When you like can't remember their names, but we see so many people. And like on like and you know you see someone like completely out of context. Oh, yeah, context, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, it's like if I'd seen her on Zoom, and as soon as she said it, I was like, yes, I remember because I'd never met her in person. Mm. It was only on Zoom, although she only lives like 10 miles down mm. the road. Um, and that was like a proper like weird yeah. And yeah, then like, I cannot place you at all. Like, yeah, I know your face, but yeah, like and I'd never met because they were go- she was going down the assisted route with her wife. And I never met her wife because mm-hmm. she, it was her partner that I was speaking to that they were using her eggs and she was um, doing the implantation. So right. I'd never like met. So and then Aww. like, met her, yeah. Oh, that's lovely. Was the kid there as well? Yeah, yeah. She, like the child was now almost two and yeah. friends with the per- <laughs> similar age mm-hmm. to like my eldest. And um, yeah, that was a lovely, yeah. That's little, so cool. And I'm going to do a separate episode because um, I get asked all the time about where I studied, um, what additional courses that I've done. Uh, we studied at the same college, so I don't want to go too deep into this, but we studied at the College of Naturopathic Medicine. I was at the Manchester branch, whatever you want to call it. You were at the London one. Um, you were in the year above me as well, weren't you? Oh, no, you were, in, were you in the same year? Because you knew Cathy Lewis, didn't you? Cathy was in the same year. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so my year then. Yeah, same. Uh, graduated in 2017. Oh, God. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just yeah, answering yeah. for you. 2017. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to do one on, like, courses that I recommend. Not that I've done a ton of um, books and all of that, how I kind of practice now. But I'm just wondering, like, in your business, are there any things that you'd do differently? I don't want to focus more on, like, the health stuff, but is there anything, that, like, anything big? For um, me, it would be starting online yeah. sooner. I think I think it just makes a big difference. But you still see some people in person, don't you? Uh, what you mean is in like yeah, online courses or online online um, client sessions? Yeah, I would say like I don't think I would have done it sooner because I did it post lockdown. Because I think pre lockdown, you would have lost clients if mm-hmm. you didn't see if you didn't have the option of in person. Mm-hmm. People were like, "Oh, I'll go to someone locally." Whereas post lockdown. I've not lost anyone because I do it on Zoom. I mean, I'll see people, if, if someone asks about coming in, I mean, I've got a garden pod. I'm more than happy for people to come in person if they ask. Um, I just find Zoom so much easier. People are yes. happy to do it. And it's not a, a negative, is it? People think that it's like ideal to be in person, but we really don't need to. I, I do miss the fact that we're trained to like look at someone's nails and tongue diagnosis and all of that so that's or just someone's body language and yeah in the same room as them whereas online you can't really do that but I think there's so much more benefit that you can get from like being in their own home they're more relaxed they've not just traveled for an hour in traffic to get to you and they're all flustered and running late yeah it's just so much more convenient totally and I think like like we've even talked about like oh should we do this podcast in person and although like we saw each other socially <laughs> yesterday. We're like, oh, it's just easier yeah. to like, record it and to do it on Zoom. And... I know, and I've got the, I've got my microphone, but 
I, I bought this expensive microphone, plugged it in, and this room that I'm in, my office, is just so echoey. So I was like, yeah. I might as well just stick with my laptop headphones because the sound quality is so much better. Um, it's just navigating that. I tried to record a podcast episode with Luke in person, and the sound quality was just terrible, and we both couldn't fit in like under the desk together. <laughs> it was just like <laughs> a nightmare. I was like, Luke, go in the kitchen and I'll, I'll Zoom you. <laughs> yeah like, oh that's that's way better i'd say my biggest mistake or biggest learning is definitely like business wise i would say don't like what works for someone else and their personality might not work for you like say i know we've both done our human design you're like a generator i'm a projector like as humans as individuals we're so different and i think for like the first few years i was trying to almost like see what worked for other people and all that that's useful um and almost trying to emulate that whether that's on social media or like the way that they work in clinic rather than like really understanding myself first and what works I think was a huge yeah it's really important it's project to the really rare one it's like the least common uh, yeah like I, yeah like I think 20 well 20 percent I think of the population are a projector and what are the main things with that because I only really know my generator profile which is we're the worker bees we can work all day long if needed but we have to be lit up by it we have to be excited and if not it just is such a drain on our energy and for me I have the sacral authority which means I really have to listen to my um, guts and I get a physical response whether it's a yes or a no which makes it resonates with me you're like yeah that's me yeah so like you're the worker bee or like the lion in the jungle, loads of energy, can lead a pack. I'm like the little bird sat on a branch. Like, uh, and I'm like, oh. Aww. <laughs> um, they, like the phrase for projectors is, are like you're here for what you see, not what you do. So you've almost got like a zoomed out macro looking over piecing everything together which is like quite literally the visual I get when I see a client's health history but I've not got the energy to even if I'm really inspired by something to work lots but I'd be burnt out like I think like projectors they say like you should work four hours a day which I'm like not feasible (laughs) like I know working long days even if I'm lit up by it like isn't it's raining yeah yeah and you'd be like the project manager. Yes. In terms of like a business um, an- analogy. Cool. Yeah. Very interesting. And yeah, let's touch on our little experience yesterday with the cold water therapy. Um, we managed to do, we're saying two minutes. We're going to go with, <laughs> we did two minutes. A questionable two minutes. We had a three minute timer on Rosie's phone. We went to Pick Me a Lake in Cheshire. I think it's near Nutsford and um, yeah beautiful place and we set Rosie's timer up we had a little group of us go there and by the time we walked into the lake you were straight in I was I was actually pretty shocked I was like are we gonna like spend a bit of time acclimatizing to this first but you were just like sunk your way down I was like right we're gonna have to follow (laughs) shortly behind otherwise like I'm not gonna do the time at all but by the time we were getting out I think there was like 40 30, 40 seconds left. So yeah. I'd say we did two minutes. Two minutes. Yeah. But it was hard. I thought it was hard. Yeah, no, it was, it was, it was cold. And um, I think 
I mean, there was that guy there who had clearly... I know. He was, like, straight in before us and he didn't come out till like, 10 minutes after, just as we were getting ready to leave. He was, like, swimming, wasn't he? he wasn't yeah, even... and his little speedos. Yeah, little bit. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I had not... I hadn't done cold water swimming until I'd done it in Pickmere, like, nine months previously. And I think it is one of those experiences to, like, not compare. Like, yeah. you... I've never done it that cold. When we'd done it there before, it's been, like, a bit difficult to get in, but nothing like that. That was, like, such a shock. I mean, it was frost, wasn't there? It was... What temperature do you, th- do you think the water is? I was trying to uh, I mean, like, it's always warmer than you think. It's probably, mm. like... I mean, I was like, oh, surely, you know, it's, like, one or two degrees. But I think it's normally, like, eight or nine. But that is, Because I like... think the air temperature was, like, three degrees. Oh, I cold. Oh, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, it said that in my car, but it might be different. But I was I mean, just comparing because I know that some people have those little, um, you know, the back garden ice yeah. bath things and they have it set to a temperature. So I was just like, did I manage to do that? Or is is that like nothing compared to what an actual ice bath is? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what they're set to. Mm. Um, but either way, it was cold. Yeah. But good. It, it, it said like 50, I think on one of them, like 50 Fahrenheit. Well, what's so, that in Celsius? No idea. Yeah. The... Um, but I think it's not like those sorts of things are. I never do it by myself. Safety so, more like for enjoyment. I that's why I'm like with Luke. I'm like, don't go too far, and just keep talking to me because he'll go in there for like five ten minutes. Um. So yeah, I'm just like, please be be safe. And I don't know if it's better to like move around or just stay still. Because when we we cr- you said cross your arms over, get your neck underneath just to activate the vagus nerve. Otherwise, I think your body goes into a bit of a panic unless you get that calming response. But I, I literally couldn't move my arms from my body. They were, like, glued there. Um, and, yeah, yeah just... So, like, breath work before, like, when I've been to, like, sessions, like, properly doing, the like, the Wim Hof breathing. And, like, I think that makes a massive difference. We pretty much just went in. Yeah. We did a we had We had the arm, but we were just, like, chatting and <laughs> probably, probably scared of what was to come. Yeah, like, uh, but either way, it was fun. And, I mean, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. it coffee and chats after Hopefully. yeah so so did I it was worth it and in the moment I was like why are we doing this but then afterwards I, I was on such a high for the rest of the day yeah I, I slept really well yeah same actually yeah and I've got some of my mistakes today that I want to cover yeah. um but I'm sure we will think of others as we go through um do we want to categorize them do you think or should we just go off our list that we've wrote so we're going to basically cover mistakes that we've made or funny little anecdotes and experiences from our past few years on our health journeys what would you say are like your the main like categories um like diet stuff um detoxy things and some exercise things okay yeah and then for me, um, skin stuff. Okay. Yeah. Should we do? Yeah, I think mine definitely fit into like diet, detox, yeah. exercise. Yeah. Um, and maybe even just like mindset would be my other category. Mm, yeah. Good one. I'll definitely so, yeah. have some with that. Okay, cool. Let's start with the diet one then. So for years, I when I was learning from CNM, starting studying nutrition, all the rage was like plants, 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 like eat all of the fiber, 10 servings of veg and fruit every single day. And I really like aspired to achieve that and 
surpass that because I am a perfectionist. <laughs> I just thought more is better. But um, I did, well, I kind of knew at the time, but I didn't realize the severity of it. I had severe gut infections and SIBO, um, parasites, bacterial overgrowth, fungal overgrowth, and all of that fiber was just so much for my body. And I was still extremely deficient in every nutrient. So it was pretty pointless me actually doing that. Um, and I should have, looking back, prioritized that money. And it was a lot of money. It was So I used to go to Unicorn Grocery, which is where near Rosie, um, in Cholton. And this is like an organic co-op. And I would spend at least £100 a week on vegetables. Wow. That's... <laughs> I know. I, to be fair, I was getting a lot of, so my breakfast for years, because I was just so intolerant to food, was literally like squash. Um, so, you know, they have that wide range of winter squash and um, I would just stock up on, on those. So they're really heavy. So they cost like five or each. So it was mainly that. And then I would get some like almond butter. I would have that for my breakfast. And it was so sad. Like I laugh about it now, but it's actually really sad. Um it must have been out of season when I'd got used to having that for my breakfast and I was down to 10 foods or something. And one week I went, I drove all the way there. So it's half an hour there and back. Um, so it would take up my whole Saturday morning just doing this trip. And one week, or for a couple of weeks actually, they didn't have any squash. And I literally cried in Unicorn Grocery. <laughs> Like, but I need the squash. Yeah, I was going up to the, the assistant. I was like, excuse me, have you got any squash? Because sometimes they had things in the back. And he's like, no, no, sorry. Like, there's an issue with the supplier. And I just, like, had a breakdown. But that is so sad, isn't it? Uh, it yeah. And, like, what shows, like, the level of, like, how much you wanted to get better. Yeah, yeah. How desperate you were to get better. Mm -hmm. And even when I went... I didn't add this to the list, but I've said it loads of times. Every time we'd go on holiday. Um, so I had a few holidays abroad during my health issues. But um, yearly, we'd go to Cornwall with my family. So it'd be like my mum and dad and me, my brother, his wife, um, and sometimes my grandparents. And we'd stay in the same B&B um, every year. So we kind of knew the owners. It was like this old older couple. And this was like at the height of my food intolerances and stuff. So my family would book these really nice meals at night and for lunches and I would just um, buy stuff from the local Tesco. I took a George Foreman grill with me and I bought I bought a steamer to use in the guy's kitchen in the hotel. <laughs> no, would, yeah, so it was like a B&B, &B, bed and breakfast, um, but he would use the he would use the kitchen to cook breakfast and stuff in the morning and then as soon as he'd finish I would go in and I'd make like my lunch and my evening meal and then like store it in the fridge but I remember one one day he came in at lunchtime wanting to cook his own lunch and I was in there and I was like I'm not finished <laughs> so he had to like go and wait for me to like finish using all his stuff well, I mean, yeah, like you say, it's like funny now, but thinking back to... But I don't think I actually needed to do that. I think I would have been fine going to a restaurant and I couldn't eat like a lot of the foods. Like, I would have an actual reaction to it, but I could find something like a chicken breast and potatoes and I would be okay. But I just wanted to control the oils that I was using and like the quality of the food. So I would get the best that I could find and literally cook from scratch um, and I'd either take that food with me in Tupperware and eat it at the restaurant that my family were at, 
or I just yeah. either not go. Yep. I either <laughs> it wouldn't go, I would take my Tupperware or I would eat beforehand and then just sit there and not eat anything throughout the whole meal. Yeah. And that ended the night ended so many times in, with me in tears, just like, why is this happening? Like, what how long is this gonna go on for? Because I was such a foodie and the food down there is amazing. Um, and I didn't want to stop my family going out to eat. I wanted them to enjoy themselves, but I just felt like such a burden and such a da- donor on the night because they would feel guilty, like, sitting eating a nice meal and I'm just sat there, like, miserable next to them. So, yeah, back to the, the main point was me spending so much on vegetables and being so strict um, with my food, which in some ways did, like, support my healing and it kind of re- it just reduced a lot of inflammation because I was cutting out so many foods. But in the process, I lost a lot of weight, spent so much money, um, and I even bought so much produce that my mom and dad had to buy a separate fridge in and put it in the utility room for all of my cabbages and lettuce and vegetables. And I would waste a lot of it as well because I literally just couldn't, couldn't eat as much as I was buying, but I just couldn't stop spending so much money on things I, I just feel so good every week like buying all of this nice organic fresh produce and just the way that it's displayed in there it just looks so nice um and then yeah I'd, I'd waste a lot of it and just unnecessary amounts and I probably was even absorbing most of it anyway so it's money down the drain unfortunately um, yeah and just highlights the desperation yeah, like, yeah. I know. and this was years it went on for I'm like, oh, I do feel sorry for this girl. But like, also, we have a little giggle. Yeah, like, I'm like, oh, like, I'm just left with more of a feeling of sadness. Than oh, like, right. <laughs> <laughs> laughing is the way to process my trauma. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> like, when you said about recording this, I was like, this is free therapy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> Let's, um, and at that point, were you... This is like pre-studying or is this mid? Um, Probably like mid-studies and for a few years after. So even like after- I started, yeah, yeah. So I started studying when I was 19. That's when like the health issues started kicking off. And then they kind of just deteriorated um, for the years at college, definitely. 2017, 2018, 2019 were probably the worst in terms of like inflammation and um, food intolerances and all of that wow and the time like gets really fuzzy um and I'm sure I've lost like so many memories because I just wasn't with it that that whole time such brain fog but I also think like my brain like it does it just blocks a lot of that out yeah it's like that was horrible yeah like yeah and I think my and I think most people that start on this journey of studying naturopathic nutrition or other complementary therapies of nine times out of 10 had their own story that then spirals them together or or a family like close family member or something yeah Yeah. someone that they really love that then means they're kind of dealt opening pandora's box and then once you've opened it you can't get out out Mm -hmm. um and i mean i had my own digestive issues definitely not to the extent of yours my story was kind of like got parasites in Ghana, came back, had IBS and inverted commas, the, went to the doctors, conventional medicine was just IBS, see you later. I'm in the middle of all this, constantly always looking where the toilet is, 
pooed myself probably two, three times. I mean, that's like life low, isn't it? When you're yeah. like, yeah. <laughs> Been there. Yeah, and you know, like, oh, don't, just IBS. You're like, I'd go shit myself. Like, yeah. can you read? Like, this isn't great. Um, and it was only going down the, the um, functional route of finding out what was really going on, parasites, etc. that I got to the bottom of it. But in between all of that, for me, there was definitely, well, especially while studying for me, so much under eating, too many plants, like you said, trying lots of things like I was keto for ages, tried veganism, tried water fasting while doing 12 hour days in a corporate environment, like fasted workouts. You're like, asking for adrenal issues. <laughs> I, I was totally living in that hyper stimulation of my adrenals were like dying, but I was so wired. And I think one of the things about living in that hyper arousal is at the time it can kind of feel really mm. good. Yeah, you're like got probably got a bit more energy. That's what people, when they say I'm more productive in the morning, not eating breakfast, I'm like, yeah, you're running on cortisol, adrenaline, and your body's like basically breaking down to use for fuel. That, that was me. Like, I'll feel great in the morning. I can work out at 6am, do a whole spin class, not eating anything, go to work, do a really productive three, four hours on hardly anything. Um, and be like pretty fully functioning. But And also I think there's something about, I don't know if people listening to this like live in London, there's something about the buzz of London, the adrenaline of London, that mass this being anything but totally normal it's like yeah, even if I go there for a weekend I'm like I enjoy it because there's so much to do especially in like the health scene and whole foods and all of that but after two three days I'm like I need to go home yeah like I'm like that now if I go I'm like oh even just like stepping on the tube I'm like oh god I need to be where out of like it's too intense but it when you're awful. but you can't help but start to emulate that intensity and all of a sudden you're like reverberating from um adrenaline constantly i've had a good number of clients actually move from london like we're working together and they're getting some results but just the i can just tell from the body it's just so stressed all the time so they've then just had this epiphany and it's clicked and they've moved one of them moved to like northern ireland to wow. the seaside from london uh, so like completely different lifestyle and her health has just like improved so much from doing that but you obviously can't tell them you just have to keep like mm indicating there might be an issue and they have to then just sometimes reach rock bottom and this level of stress to then like triggers them to do something drastic isn't it so interesting the clients that you see that they're coming to you in their mind and your mind to a certain extent for functional medicine for nutritional therapy and how like it's kind of like being a life coach and yeah. guiding them through like relationship stress and work stuff all the time yeah like yeah and you never know like when you start with that client like where it might go mm. and even if you were to guess it's yeah what's the fun part I like that part though yeah definitely I'm not as good like I don't have major life experience I'm only 28 so I don't feel qualified to do that and it's not my job but sometimes they just need to like you're the therapist you're the therapist in some way so they just want to kind of get things off their mind and then as they talk they just come to a realization themselves 
And yeah. We just need you to listen. Yeah. Just vocalizing it is sometimes yeah. enough, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Um, and on the, yeah, we'll come on to exercise. I was just going to say, like, there's a, a lot of exercise stuff and just seeing what else is on my list. Um, I remember a few times buying Jerusalem artichokes from from Unicorn, that same organic place. So I'd never really had them before. And I'd been learning all about the gut microbiome and how high they are in prebiotic fiber. So I just thought, like, I'll start eating these every day. I actually really like the taste of them. They're kind of like potatoey. Um, if you boil them, but they are the highest like fiber and FODMAP food out there, the highest prebiotic food or one of, and the the gas and the pain that I would get was just unbelievable. It You're was just, just way around. Yeah, absolutely. Like <laughs> I was like, what is happening? But I thought it was a good thing. I was like crippled over with stomach ache. I was like, it must be working. This is good. And then it just never stopped. Like yeah, and I did that with the histamine stuff. Um, when I was reading about fermented foods, all of the benefits of sauerkraut, kombucha, um, kefir, I was just like doing all of this stuff every day. Went from zero, like zero to a hundred, and I had didn't know at the time I had muscle activation syndrome, which is basically like um histamine intolerance on steroids, and that's why I started to get. My my scalp was on fire, just itchiness. Um, my skin was just breaking out so much. Um, my whole body was itchy. I just felt really hot and flustered all the time and anxious. All signs of histamine overload, but I thought I was just detoxing. I was like, we'll push through, just keep going. This is a, a good sign that we're on the right track and that I'm killing off all of this, all of these bugs. And um, even with the kombucha, I know that you've like brewed it in the past. You've been a little kombucha's are they called scoby scoby mum yeah. <laughs> and yeah. i had a, a major like yeast overgrowth from living in mold and it was just making the itch issue worse so i wish i would have listened to my body and not just thought and this is applies to so many other things as well with detoxes and, and protocols just pushing mm. and not actually listening when my body's telling me to stop and thinking because it works for other people other people healed the gut with sauerkraut every day and drinking sauerkraut juice it's not going to work for me because I had a completely different circumstance and I think lots of the generic like say if you don't have an underlying parasite SIBO muscle activation like you just you need a general boost of your general gut health yeah some people just have like IBS all they need to do is eat sauerkraut every day or take a probiotic and they're good but that's typically not the person that I'm working with, and it wasn't me either. Well, we but then people people think they're like something, they're a failure or something, or they just need to do it harder because that isn't working for them. But you might need the opposite. Yeah. Could be making them worse. Totally. And I, I remember going through phases of spending like hours making like making kombucha, making ferments, like. But like really, and I mean, like we had a basement flat in Shepherd's Bush in West London. The ventilation was somewhat normal. <laughs> like, um, smell. Like, oh my god, it smelled. It just smelled like, like vinegary, a bit off. Like, really didn't smell good. And I just remember Ben was like, "Do you really need to ferment all this stuff?" Like in our basement flat in London. You're like, like yes, I do. <laughs> 
this is this is where my my health <laughs> I you need to value this we need to live in an environment that ultimately smells of like vinegary farts <laughs> and I didn't know at the time that um I was living in mold and when you do things like this wild fermentation it pulls from the species of bacteria and yeast in your home so that's why like different batches of kombucha can taste different or some might be more beneficial than others so I was literally just like concentrating the mold in the air into the kombucha and then drinking it wow yeah so like even kombuchas or ferments the say you buy from like artisan delis and stuff like that like you don't know unless you know where they're brewing that that's the thing it's like with mushroom products as well like you know how mushrooms are like sponges for the environment you can have two reishi products and if one of them's grown in like a really unhealthy place that's gonna take on more of that than somewhere that's organic and um really nice diverse rainforest flipping out it's there's so many nuances to like everything it is. It is scary. Do you love coffee, but have been told it's bad and needs to be avoided if you're struggling with hormone imbalances like acne, PMS, and period problems? Honestly, most coffee out there should be avoided because the majority are contaminated with things like mold and pesticides, which can drive inflammation and those feelings like anxiousness and jitteriness after drinking. But what if I told you there was a coffee option that tastes great, is organic and mold free, and also provides healing properties from reishi mushroom spores. Enter Organo King Coffee, my latest obsession. I didn't drink it for years because it would always wreck my sleep and leave me feeling like an anxious mess. But King Coffee does the exact opposite. Don't worry, it's not one of those fake coffee alternatives made from herbs. And if you've tried other mushroom coffee brands out there, I promise this one actually tastes good and is way better and provides so many more health benefits. If you haven't already heard of the benefits of reishi mushroom or Ganoderma, then let me give you a quick overview. It's known as the king of medicinal mushroom family due to its superpowers such as supporting healthy immune balance and being an adrenal adaptogen. This means if your immune system's overactive due to autoimmunity, or suppressed because of things like chronic infections, and you're not really sure if your cortisol levels are high or low, the reishi can help to balance things out and it promotes homeostasis within the body. It's also antibacterial, antiviral, antifungal, anti-inflammatory, pretty much everything that we want from a product. Because of its potency, I'd recommend starting slowly if you're someone who's struggling with more complex chronic health issues or is sensitive. If you're thinking, why can't I just take a reishi mushroom supplement? Good question. Organo use a patented process to gently crack the inner and outer shell, offering 99% bioavailability of the reishi mushroom spores. I also explain this as being like the differences with probiotics, the regular lactobacillus, bifidobacterium options that we can all buy readily in health food shops have some benefit, but nowhere near as much as the spore-based probiotics that I use all the time with clients. Wanting to give Organo King Coffee a try for yourself? Visit vivanaturalhealth.myorganogold.com. This will all be spelled out and linked in the episode show notes and also my bio link on Instagram. I really hope you love it as much as I do, but now let's get back to the show. What else did I have? I have so many. Oh, when you were talking about the fasting, I never really got into, I've done like low carb diets and I've, I've been low carb for too long because I was insulin resistant. I did have PCOS and I did have blood sugar reactions after eating too many carbs, but I would think that the carbs were the problem. 
or even the histamine stuff, I would just think all I need to do for the rest of my life is low histamine and I'm going to be fine. And I wish I would have realized sooner that that it's just kind of relieving a symptom. It's not fixing. Why do I have blood sugar and insulin issues? Why do I have histamine problems? Because that went on for years before I found out about mold. And that was what was driving the insulin resistance and chronic inflammation too. Um, So I never really got into doing like vegan diets or Atkins or anything like that because I was already just on a restricted diet quite early on. So when I was 19, um, I changed my diet. I went gluten-free and then quite quickly after it deteriorated when I was trying to heal my gut and I just lost a lot of tolerance to food. So I never like not that I wanted to, but got the chance to like experiment with water fast and all of that. I think I was just too weak at the time, but something that I did try to do early on was I knew that I had SIBO. I thought that was the answer to everything when I found out about SIBO and I did have it and it was causing a lot of issues, but that was also a symptom of a deeper problem for me, like parasites, sluggish thyroid, mineral imbalances. My, my motility just wasn't moving and I had really low stomach acid. So because I wasn't addressing that, the SIBO would just come back time after time. But I was following all of the, the traditional SIBO advice that I'd spent my whole time off college and work researching. That's all I would do all day, every day. Every weekend, I would research. I'd go on YouTube, blogs, scour back to people's first Instagram post and read everything that I could. Um, but a big thing back then it was to to fast between meals so I know I couldn't do like full day fast so I didn't bother but they'd say like eat three meals a day and wait five at least five to six hours between meals so I would try and do that and I remember like let's say I I was breaking my fast between lunch and dinner at like six o'clock I would be like shaky and be weak but I'd be like no I, I have to keep going I've got half an hour left. Let's do this. Otherwise, the SIBO is not going to go. I'm not going to get all of the like cleansing benefits from my gut. And that was just ridiculous. Because now what I know is that if you are doing that, you're just going to stress your body more, which is going to slow down your motility. So you might as well just eat something and keep kind of food moving a bit more consistently through the gut. You don't want to be grazing all day long. But like eating every three to four hours is absolutely fine. You don't need to do these huge fasts um between because you can't starve off bacteria you have to use antimicrobials anyway to get rid of the SIBO and is that I think fasting is one of those things that is talked about more in conventional society if you like it's becoming really like mainstream in it like popular people are on it like the intermittent fasting or even they've got these um they've got these tvs up at my gym now my brother's a manager at the gym that I go to and I'm like, please put something better on these TVs because they're trying to give health advice. One of them was, did you know that you could be allergic to the cold weather? Literally allergic to the cold. And it said you might have joint pain, you might have red skin and you might have like dry skin. I'm like, that could be a thyroid issue. It's Let's not tell people that they're allergic to the cold because that's not really a thing. Yeah, but... <laughs> <laughs> I love how you just like sometimes I'm like I want to film them so I've got my phone out and people might think that I'm recording it because it's like good information I'm like no I'm probably just gonna put this on Instagram and like slate them 
<laughs> just like my own brother's gym. Yeah, yeah. Don't listen to it by. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a chain gym, so it's not his like own. Oh, I'm with um, you. Yeah. yeah. Otherwise, he would he would know better. He doesn't agree with it either. And the the recipes that they're promoting are like always plant based. Um, one of them was like this dessert that you make with strawberries and melted white chocolate into like a little like dessert thing. I'm like, what is this? And then it would show a difference between the nutritional value of rice versus cauliflower, like what to have alongside a curry. And it would say like cauliflower is high in vitamin C, but low in carb. Rice is high in like whatever, but it's like low in fats. And then at the end, it was like, so in summary, cauliflower rice is better. <laughs> and these yeah, are people at the gym. So it's not not a couch potato who who may need like a lower carb diet. So imagine if someone's like marathon training and they re- they're watching that on the TVs. And it's just more context is needed. Yeah. And I think even like the way the, like the government is going and putting calories on everything. Yeah. Like, it's all just becoming... It, it, there's no context with anything mm-hmm. even like you look at the traffic light things on food like you'd see nuts and think you were gonna die of like yeah attack an hour yeah. after eating them. yeah um so in terms of fasting what, what would would there ever be a, a type of person that you would recommend more than say eating every three to four hours within a 10 to 12 hour window would there ever be an instance where you might recommend the benefits of a more for want of a better word like intense fast um not on a regular basis so some people if they're like they've got the hormones balanced or in a better place three meals a day might be like really good for them just in terms of work schedule and hunger just letting them have some of because there are benefits to fasting even between meals but I don't usually work with those people or it's that we've worked with them for a while before we've got to that place. Um, But a lot of people that I work with have hormone imbalances and just can't do that, but we might be working towards it. But then long-term, some people for religious reasons want to fast or um, have to fast. So then we kind of strengthen them towards doing that and they just, they um, want to do that for um, like their mindset and like there's so many different reasons so if people want to do it, I would say like you can try. Like I'm not gonna tell you not to, but just know that if it's like a really stressful time or you aren't feeling good, um, and don't have it become like a regular thing, but it's fine if a few times a year that you want to challenge yourself and see what your body's capable of. Um, but I would always say like make sure that you're um under the care of a practitioner and not just doing it on your own, especially if you have like a medical condition or you have a health like complex health history and if you have any like disordered eating past it's a slippery slope so you start to get into that Um, but the ideal person to do it would be probably like a male a man who Mm. is reasonably healthy and they get a lot more of the benefits from that because they can handle it better their body's equipped to do that it's more resilient to stress and it helps with growth hormone testosterone so yeah, a man would be better, and that's where the research has come from. It's not been tested on women of reproductive years, and especially if you um, are trying to conceive or just want healthy, balanced hormones. Fasting is just a big trigger because the female brain is just so sensitive to signs of famine, 
Actually, you know, so I just don't think it's worth it. There's so many other things that you can do for your health to improve longevity than to fast. And I love food. So I, I want to try and avoid fasting when I can. Yeah. And I think that like when it's like, oh, there's so much research about fasting, it's like, yes, most of it is on men. Yeah. And it's because it's it would be considered unethical to do stuff like that on um, a pre- definitely a pregnant woman, but a woman who could potentially fall pregnant. So what's that telling you? It's saying that it's not really safe to be like messing about with that sort of stuff. And even if you don't want kids, we if you're in reproductive years, you want to be fertile still because it's yeah. a sign of health and it's a creator of health at the same time. You still want to be ovulating, producing progesterone. Um, so yeah, that's why we want healthy menstrual cycles. And I would say during like, say the time when I was maybe low calorie, not even through trying, um, or low carb or doing fasting. Like I still had pretty regular cycles, but I know cause I tested my estrogen at some point, my estrogen was low. I had very, very minimal cervical mucus. Mm-hmm. My hair was a lot thinner, like kind of like on paper. And like my BMI was probably like within a healthy range but not healthy like not healthy mm. so that's, that's another thing bmi doesn't really mean anything because you could be like breaking down health wise like have so many yeah. symptoms but be normal or you could be like slightly above and be put in the overweight category but actually be really balanced and healthy and ovulating really strongly some people need a little bit more body fat or they might be more muscly that person yeah and i think that's it's those nuances that are often like lost in um like general messaging is you might need to have some more body fat on yeah, you yeah. to be healthier it's yeah. not the thinner the leaner you are the healthier you are definitely not the the leanest that i ever was and that was initially triggered by me wanting to lose weight so i was i wasn't I was watching what I ate. I don't think I was calorie counting that much or there was a time that I was like aiming for 1500 calories and I'm tall like you are. And I was like a growing, I was like 18, 19 at that point. So it just wasn't enough. And I found a little food diary once that I made. (laughs) It was awful. For breakfast, I had like Weetabix with skim milk and sugar. For lunch, I had a Nutella sandwich. No. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Um, and like a Lucasade, and then for tea, I would have a a plain chicken salad, just like chicken breast and lettuce, and no fats or carbs or anything. Then I'd go to the gym for two hours in the evening after a day of college, um, and then some nights I would then binge on like healthy food. So I'd have like two bowls of porridge and like four tablespoons of nut butter, um, all like healthy stuff, but mm. just like probably thousands of calories at like nine o'clock at night because I was just ravenous I couldn't get full yeah I think yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> so many people though that listen you know listen to this like yeah done that mm-hmm. and I'm sure they they can't be like that isn't normal like I, I think they intuitively know that it doesn't it's not normal to like have those intense carb sugar cravings they might think it's common they might think oh like my friends experience it but I think we know intuitively that that isn't a normal situation I think the like more everyday examples that I hear 
and that I definitely have had in the past are like some deprivation is healthy food wise mm. um like even like in January kind of like doing that January really strict diet mm-hmm. type thing like a reset or something yeah reset like doing a January boost where like I'm really strict with myself and deprived myself of the foods I like but it's all because I've really overindulged over Christmas and and it never ends well it never and it, I think um, until you get to the point where you untangle your um identity and self-worth from the food you eat until you do that deep work it's hard to progress forward because you're mm. building your identity around being someone that is Slim or someone that can has got the ability to control their food, someone who can shred weight when they want to, and all of those other things. But I think, um, yeah, until you do that work, it's hard to make lasting dietary changes because there's so many other aspects to health than diet. That's that is something that I wish I really realized sooner. That yeah. all of that stress that I put myself under to travel all that way every weekend sit in traffic to get the food um to then try and prepare it all and get all of my vegetables in that that stress was like outweighing any goodness that I was potentially getting yes. and there are some people who say though um was it like a waste of time eating all of that or like eating good quality food and I, I don't think it is fully I, I definitely would have reduced the amount I spent and the the quantities of things that I ate but I think it still helped me somewhat because imagine if I was just eating like McDonald's and junk food, mm. I still wouldn't have been, I, I wasn't healthy either way, but it would have been so much harder to like recover from inflammation from that. And I just feel like I would have felt a hundred times worse if I didn't eat some of those nutrients and plant foods. Um, but I just did it in a bit of a wrong way. Yeah. In hindsight. Yeah, Totally. And I always think if, if something needs to be 100% perfect in inverted commas, if it's what, if it, if you need to be 100% perfect or it doesn't work, it's not the right thing for you. Mm-hmm. Like the, you should be able to have that 20% give in the way that you eat. Yes. You might need to do some ground, like say you might need to do the groundwork of like maybe a more strict and inverted co- co- um, commas, like, gut protocol or detox protocol to then have that flexibility but like I know I saw one of my friends just bumped into her on a walk and she was like oh I'm getting really bad PM and I know she eats really nutrient-dense food her the her gut's in like very good nick and she was like what else is there another food I can have to like help my really bad PMS that I'm getting and I was like I don't think it's dietary and it's not gonna like even she's having like a bag of crisps every few days like removing that probably isn't going to make a huge difference or adding in some blueberries every day isn't going to make a huge difference at that stage so there's no point fixating on something that's not even going to move the needle that much exactly all you'll do is you'll be so focused on being a perfectionist that that will then cause you more stress and damage your body more and drive yourself insane in the process or maybe turn down turn down like invitations out and events and all of that and then you, the the harmful effects of isolation and loneliness is like the equivalent of smoking so if you really want to like improve your health it's it's the community aspect which is something that I'm like really wanting to work on more because 
I felt so like isolated and um, kind of shut off from life having this health issue. Um, and that probably kept me stuck in that for those years because I didn't have like any any kind of support externally apart from my family. Like my family were amazing throughout all of that. But I just wish that I had like communities like I try to do with my clients now or events, in-person things. Like I love going to seminars when we were studying and some of them it, were just repeating the same information and because of, I was researching on my own I often knew so much more than the the basics they were talking about but I just love being surrounded by people who thought similarly and were health conscious that just really like give me a boost even though I probably had to take my own food and <laughs> took my bag of supplements with me I bet like everyone else at that seminar probably yeah. Their own exactly. That is true. So I, I felt oh. like I fit in after a long time of not doing, yeah. which was nice. My very last one for diet was, I told you, I think the last time we spoke um, on your other podcast, on the fertility one, that's probably been released by now. I was choosing celery for a while and I did feel better. Um, I think that it's just quite high in minerals, so sodium, um, and things like vitamin K and um, yeah, just like anti-inflammatory, what is it called? Chlorophyll, like the green aspect, the green juice aspect. I did actually feel really good whilst on it. It took my gut a few days to adjust. Like I would definitely have looser stools and a bit of gas for the first few days, but then my skin was like really glowing. I felt quite energized, but it was so time consuming. It took me like half an hour every morning to set everything up, make the juice, clean up afterwards. And then my the last straw was buying this. I would buy um, a tray, like a, a box full of celery every few days from Tesco. And I think it would work out like a, um, 10 pound per box. So every few days I was spending a tenner on celery. But this last time that I did it, I just put the, the box on my kitchen table overnight. I think I just went to Tesco late at night. And then I woke up in the morning and I looked at my table and it looked like it was moving. And I looked a bit closer and there were just thousands of tiny little black bugs Ooh. all over the kitchen table. <laughs> and I just like had a freak out. I just picked everything up, threw it in the bath, just closed the door. And I think I got my mum or dad to come around and like get rid of it because I just hate anything like that. And yeah, I've never had celery juice since. That really put me off. Yeah, I mean, I'm like half an hour juicing or half an hour sleep. Exactly. I would have benefited so much more from more sleep. I'm like, yeah, I'd, I'm like, I'm taking the sleep. Have you got any more diet ones? Um, no, I think they're, yeah, my main, yeah, my main diet ones. Mm -hmm. And then exercise for me, um, just so much over-exercise to begin with that really triggered a lot of my symptoms I had other things going on I didn't know that I was gluten intolerant or yeah had had mold in the house or anything like that but the exercise is what triggered a lot of things triggered my PCOS symptoms I lost my period my skin started breaking out for the first time in my life I'd gotten through teenagers with no acne at all I had the clearest skin out of all of my friend group and then my acne started because of this stress from exercising and I would do I think the classes were body pumps or more of like a weights one but I don't really like those classes because they're just so fast and my form would have been terrible doing the weights and you can just get so many injuries doing it 
Um, and then I would do like an abs class or like a um, like a cardio boxing class afterwards. And this was probably five days a week after a long day at college, uh, minimal food, just trying to like tone up and lose a bit of weight. And I was never overweight to begin with. I just had, I just like had a bit more body fat because I'd stopped exercising um, after leaving school. I'd gone from like being quite active and doing sports and PE at um, school to like nothing, sat at college all day. Um, and then I went kind of the other way when my health issues started and didn't really exercise at all or would just take it really easily. But somewhere in that period, I really got into yoga and I was quite good at yoga and it was just very gentle and something that I could do and I could go to a class and that was nice. But I developed severe knee pain, joint pain. Thought I was developing arthritis. It was that bad. Um, I would work at Sainsbury's and I'd be stood on like the self-checkout helping people for like a four-hour shift. And I'd, I'd go to bend my knees. And they were just so stiff and sore and inflamed um, from standing all of that, that time. But I just kept thinking like, oh, I just need to keep doing yoga. That's going to help. And then I went to this workshop with a practitioner. Um, she's like a holistic practitioner called Emma Lane. I don't know if you've heard of her before. Mm. She works in the north somewhere, somewhere in Yorkshire. But she's like really into um, functional medicine. I went to a, a seminar of hers on parasites years and years ago. And she like is the parasite um, wizard. But she, we, she did an in-person event and I went to it. And I just thought I'd ask her if she knew anything about joint pain. And within a minute, she'd um, kind of diagnosed me. She's not a doctor, but she was like, you've got joint hypermobility. Because she made me do these. She was like, stand up, show me how you're standing. And she thought saw that I was locking my knees out. She asked me to do like some thumb bends and like stretch out my arms. And she was like, yeah, you've got hypermobility. You need to stop doing yoga and start like strength training and building your muscles around your joint. Um, after a few days of stopping yoga, my severe joint pain <laughs> went away. But it was bad in the classes because I would go into, I could do like the splits. I could do like forward bends and touch the floor. And the the teachers just thought I was really good. So they would push me further. They would literally come around and push you down, you know, to stretch you more. And that was terrible for my joints. So now I I don't actually like doing yoga. And something else that used to happen is, I used to go to like really chilled classes. So it was all old people most of the time. And the room, they'd have the room so hot. It was kind of like hot yoga, but just because they were like really cold <laughs> um, in the 80s. But I would get so dizzy doing that too, because I had, I, it was the, um, I developed POTS, which is postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome from the mold and histamine stuff. So I would be prone to fainting anyway. But because when you're doing like the yoga flows, you're up and down, your head's like, you're kind of like upside down in some poses and I'd almost pass out like every class. So I just thought like, oh, it's, it's fine. But that's a stress to your body for like multiple times in a week to be almost getting to the point where you're passing out. That's not good. So I would have much more benefited from doing some gentle strength training where I'm like vertical and or just going for a walk outside because I was like so cold um, and there was times where I just couldn't like navigate properly. Um, I would get lost quite a lot. So I just knew like walk to the gym, which was across the road from my house, walk home, you'll be absolutely fine. You're not going to get lost or anything. 
Um, but yeah, yoga was not for me. And I've not been a huge fan since. I'm more into Pilates, uh, which kind of a similar vibe, but more strengthy um, focused. None of that like overextension. Yeah. Um... yeah. The like way more core and um, like strengthening the muscles. It, it depends on the teacher, obviously, but. Um, and it's just, I just had a flashback as well. Like when I would go to those classes when I was quite sick, I think it helped me kind of release emotions as well. Because so many times in Shavasana at the end, I would just start crying. You know, when they leave you for like five, 10 minutes, I'd just like burst out crying. Probably in pain as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> probably. Emotional. <laughs> like, my knees. <laughs> like, thank God I get to lie down. But um, yeah, I would just like start crying. So I think it helped with that just brain body connection mindset um but not so much for my joints and I think that's like with anything when you hear like oh yoga's great mm. I'll try yoga it's meant to be relaxing and blah blah blah, blah but there's it's everyone... probably causing more stress on, on my body yeah and not what your body's yeah really going to positively respond to yeah. I mean I think mine is maybe similar, but just not to the extreme, potentially like overtraining, doing too much, like sedentary or <laughs> weekend warrior. Yeah. Yeah. Weekend and evening and morning warrior. But then at the rest of the time, I'm literally completely, was completely still. Whereas I think now it's more the trying to move throughout the day. Yes. May, maybe doing a more of a workout that's 20, 30 minutes, but just trying to walk, trying to move. And I suppose just lifestyle wise, now I've got kids, like they are a massive workout. Just you never are active. Yeah, yeah. Just picking them up, putting them down, carrying them, walking around like that is um yeah, workout. So I think definitely the like working out too hard, like just feeling sick, tired, lethargic, like needing to rest for a full day, it like not enhancing my life um like being something that really depleted and mm -hmm. wasn't fueling like mostly it was would be like fasted morning workouts mm -hmm. was what it was like for years mm -hmm. um yeah I could never do that now I did the same because I just thought I wasn't as bloated before eating so I thought I would do better but actually like I would just get dizzy all the time and just be like stressed for the rest of the day then because I'd start the day in such an awful way yeah ditto yeah. Mm. and this is just a general one but it kind of ties into the gym um I remember that I had dandruff and I was reading and her loss multiple times so I, I remember like googling hacks to do and I think they said to put and it is a thing it, it does work but for some reason um it was like apple cider vinegar diluted like 50 50 with water mm. as like a final rinse so I did that and they were like the smell will fade once your hair dries which it did but then I would go to the gym and start sweating. And then <laughs> the fumes would start to come off my scalp and I would smell like a chippy. <laughs> like, have you seen um, yeah. that? that That smells of vinegar. It was so bad. I don't know if I'm just because it's like next to my face, but I'm, I'm pretty sure that people could smell it. I think I was doing, this was like a few years later, um, doing some sort of, it might have been yoga or a class in that really hot room. Mm. And I I was just started sweating and I could smell it and then I would get like embarrassed and sweaty and then it would just make it worse. 
and I was just like praying for the class to be over. <laughs> yeah. So I think I think it's fine as long as your scalp and your hair is dry, but the smell does come back. Just be warned if anyone's going to try that little hack. <laughs> yeah, go to the office. No, get sweaty. <laughs> Maybe not in a heat wave in summer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. Um. So, any more exercise? I've just got a few more like detoxy things, skin things. I think my like main when I was trying to think of like the main mistakes that I've done. I think definitely. Oh, one of the food ones that I forgot was. And a really common one was that I still hear about now is like dairy's the devil. Yeah. That was definitely one that oh, yeah, same. I, I didn't have it for 10 years. And it did serve me well because I was intolerant. Um, and especially things like cheese and anything fermented, that would have made me react too. But I was lactose intolerant because of my gut health. Um, but I, I could have found a way around it. Um, another thing that I would do is just make ghee all the time. So I would spend so much money of buying like four packs of really good quality butter and then I would um in my kitchen simmer it really low on a low heat and so many times I've I've ruined the whole batch because if you heat it too much the butter burns and then you just lose everything. So I, I made ghee um because I was just convinced that the smallest amount of butter, even though it's like really well tolerated by people with dairy intolerance, um not dairy allergy but intolerance because there's so little proteins in there. I was just like wasting it probably like reduced by half the size um the the amount of ghee and then I just used that on meals instead of actual just regular butter which I probably didn't react to at the time and I, I ran into such a calcium deficiency from not having dairy for 10 years and I was so stupid because I was just so focused on other minerals like my zinc and my magnesium and I just completely forgot about calcium and that is one of the the macro the master minerals that you need you need so much calcium mm -hmm. every single day I think it's like at least a thousand milligrams a day as opposed to like I don't know like five milligrams of zinc is is what you need at baseline so I just went years without um eating dairy plus I was sensitive to so many of the calcium non-dairy foods so mm. things like beans and um, green leafy vegetables and fish with the little bones in. I also couldn't eat any of those. So I just wasn't getting any calcium in at all. And then I slowly, as I heal my gut, I think that was the good time to add it in. But I also tried raw dairy, which I'd never had before. I've tried little bits of milk here and there. But um, yeah, the raw dairy for me was like a completely different experience. And I tolerated it so well. So it's definitely... And did you start, how did you reintroduce it? Did you go slow? Yeah, so, yeah, really slow. Um, at least for the first couple of weeks, I would, I don't like wasting things either. So I didn't want to buy a big bottle of milk and then have like a tiny shot and then throw it away. So mm -hmm. I um, would kind of section it up. I actually bought these like deep ice cube trays and mm -hmm. froze them, froze little bits of milk in there. And then every day I would add one of those to my smoothie. And then after a few days, I'd add two and then three. And then I kind of just started having like 250 mils and always with food, other food, like mid-meal, just to kind of have it included in something rather than on an empty stomach. Um, and have you seen something like on your hair tissue mineral, like your calcium? Yeah. 
it was pretty similar to what it was before. So I'm kind of trying to navigate that last time I tested, but this was back in September. Um, but I need to test again. I'm considering doing like a full body um, MLT on like other things as well. Um, but yeah, my calcium had it massively shifted on the um, HDMA last time, but I like so many other benefits have happened with my body and even my skin, like my skin would have reacted previously with acne for yeah. the milk. And now it actually improves my skin. Amazing. Like my skin is better on it. And isn't that such a lovely example of how like, depending on what your gut in the internal environment's like, whether it's poison or medicine. Yeah. <laughs> so that's why it's important not to like say, oh, I'm sensitive to this now. So I'm always going to be sensitive. Yeah. I always say like leave an open mind and have it as like reframe your words even so don't tell someone oh, I can't have that I'm allergic when you're not um, yeah. or I can't have that because it's bad just say like right now it's not working for my body so I'm choosing not to have this food and that's so much more likely to be something that you can accept back into your diet in a few months time so yeah just be more um with your your food not getting set on like i found my diet this is it for the rest of my life just being more like free with it and just see where it leads you because i'm sure your diet was different um when you were pregnant versus to what it is now and like what it was five years ago 100 always like be adaptable and don't be like set in stone with your beliefs definitely and that's like i mean i don't i never do meal plans like with clients but and that's always one of my arguments for never doing it is I want you to properly understand your body and properly understand food so as the seasons of your life change of my life change what I eat and how I eat and when I eat can completely change Mm -hmm. with that I mean I know say for six months after having both kids when extremely well just generally tired and fatigued like yes I would have well-balanced meals but did some days I have half a packet of hobnobs? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because like I I needed that extra energy yeah. and that served me in a really nourishing kind of way. Yeah, that would benefit you more than you forcing yourself to get up half an hour early and like make this meal when you're already like dead on your feet, probably exhausted. So yeah, better, like reach for some quick energy and no, it's not the most like nutrient dense thing, but it's giving you that energy that you need during that like huge time in your life 100 percent. i think that even in my own mind like refer and i even thought about how i think my biggest mistake of all of these all learning has been the mindset shift about thinking about how i think about food like really moving from quite a barren quite reductionist quite scaremongery which is hard to dip out of that when you're being taught by people who themselves have most probably got disordered eating which is the wonderful irony of all of this (laughs) um and I even remember like my first trimester with Thea my eldest like proper beige mester feeling really sick really nauseous and going to Tesco and being like I hope no one sees me by these full pack of family size crumbs. <laughs> if they do, they'll think I'm like a complete fraud. And I was literally like, getting like, this for someone else. <laughs> yeah, buying, buying it for a friend. Like, like I genuinely felt like mm. I was buying like say drugs in Tesco. Whereas like so sad though, isn't it? So sad. But then in my second pregnancy, I remember buying the same crisps in the same shop. And I was like, oh, I felt really sad 
mm. for my former self because none of that had all lifted and I don't quite know when it had lifted but there was so much more self-compassion yeah in there like this is where I'm at um yeah it's one of my favorite when people say to me I, I love your approach because you're so balanced like, I wouldn't say that I'm the most balanced person because I still um, would recommend to a client if I feel like it would fit their personality um, put them on like a more strict diet to get some results if I feel like they would um, do better on that than kind of you know all in versus like kind of half doing it type people so I, I still think there's a time and a place for a diet and a protocol and try your best to stick with it as much as possible so I'm not like completely oh just treat yourself whenever you want I I I know the importance of like eliminating foods that you're sensitive to and that your body's telling you no, but um, because of my own health stuff where I've been so restricted and so sad and like upset about food, it just made me so depressed that I just couldn't eat even healthy foods. I, I didn't even want to eat pizza and sweets and all of that. I just wanted to eat like herbs and spices on my chicken. And I couldn't tolerate yeah. it. <laughs> I just want oregano. Yeah. I'm not too much. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't even have black pepper at one point. So I just, I got used to my food being so plain. So now when I have like a little bit of, I had some Chinese five spice mm. on my chicken this afternoon. I was like, this is like a taste sensation. I'm like, what is this? I missed it for so long on, um, and I, I kind of forgot as my sensitivities went away, I just forgot to then incorporate herbs back in because I just, just lost that habit um, but it makes so much of a difference um, so I am a little bit more balanced I'm more definitely more balanced with my approach now and um, I posted a picture on Instagram the other week of me wearing airpods to the gym because I don't want wires tangling me up when I'm trying to do a workout like I'm moving my body I am mindful of 5g and wi-fi in my home so if I'm wearing airpods for an hour a few times a week like I actually don't care <laughs> Total, yeah, and it enhances your experience. It enhances enhances your life. Yeah, I don't want to work out in silence or listening to the. They also have terrible music at the gym. <laughs> I mean, you're not. I, think I need to. I know. <laughs> I'm not going to say the um, the the branch or the brand name, but yeah. Um, yeah, they definitely need an upgrade. I'll say that. Yeah. And I do think that is always the difference between a protocol and just a way of eating for life. Like protocols are sometimes stricter but that differentiation between this would not be healthy to live your life like this but this is a particular season and I think that's why it's important sometimes to work with someone because the coming out of the protocol into real life for want of a better phrase is just as important as help going into that protocol mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and yeah just to clarify like I don't have people on like I'm not a fan of low FODMAP diets or anything like that so my protocols are going to be nowhere near as strict as other like food lists and stuff out there you know these like SIBO diets SCD diets gaps like nowhere near anything like that so that's why some people like come to me because they they see that I don't really promote that stuff but I can still get good results um from someone like on a gut protocol not having to cut out a million different foods and they might have to like reduce their intake of a few big triggers but I want them to be on a as diverse diet as possible I kind of know what it's like to lose your love for food. It's yeah. Not a good feeling. No, in your life. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and I don't want to finish without, we mentioned coffee enemas before we started. Yeah. And I love what you said. Do you want to show what you said before we hit record? 
So, um, so coffee enemas are something we both love. And I think both started doing years ago when we first started studying as a way to help detox the liver. And it's funny talking about them because it, from all of the things that we've both done, I think if someone... We're trying said, to come up with like funny, weird stories that we've done. And you were like... Yeah, I was like, well, I was like, well, during the beginning stages when you're really loving something, whatever that may be, and this was coffee enemas was my love at the time. And it's still my love. I still love them, but I really loved them when I first started doing them. I really wanted Ben, my my boyfriend, now husband, to get the benefits. And I think it was, and he was like, oh, I really don't want to put coffee in my bum. Like, this is not for me. <laughs> and I think it was the moment that he was on the, our bathroom floor, pipe and coffee, <laughs> going, Rosie, I really don't want to be doing this. Like, your liver, I promise you. He's like, I don't want to be doing this. And I was like, yeah, holding him captive. Yeah, I'm like, this is maybe a beauty. Yeah, yeah. And I think at that point, I reevaluated and just yeah, thought, unless so someone really asks. And I mean, that is very much a projector without getting yeah. too woo woo. Like, projector trait is you've got to learn to wait for the invitation. Mm. Don't go out and give advice. Whereas you're, you giving I'm someone... like, Luke, get in the bathroom. <laughs> he would probably receive that very differently. He'd be like, yeah, I'm today. <laughs> but you're like, um, I'm surprised I don't have any, like, I'm surprised this didn't make it to my list of, like, crazy things that I've done. Yeah, like, I would like, a normal four, thing. Four years ago, like, it'd been like, oh, do you remember when we used to do coffee enemas? Yeah. They're really good for us. Roll forward four yeah. years. Oh, we're still doing coffee enemas. Still a big, still a big fan. And then... I do I do have a, a couple funny stories relating to coffee enemas. Um, that's I must show. Um, so in my parents' house that I started doing them in, the bathroom kind of, it was a bit too small to like lay in the bathroom and close the door. So I would lay on the landing on like a towel and then kind of have the coffee and my bag going into the, the shower. Um, like, so kind of so stretching a little bit. Um, I was kind of like, like half light on the landing into the bathroom. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but there was a window at the landing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and I had a few near misses with the window cleaners. Mm. Um, same in my current apartment with my sauna. So I have a sauna mat um, and the window cleaners just show up. They do give us warning, but sometimes I don't put it in my calendar. So I'll just see like someone abseiling down the, the building. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll just have to like throw on a dressing gown on top because I'll be stark naked <laughs> on the sauna. But yeah, the coffee enema one, I just managed to like roll away or something into the bedroom <laughs> before the window cleaner came and then there was another time where I was in that 20 minute holding window uh, so I'd like taken the tube out and everything I was just lied there letting it do its work and the um, door rang and I was the only one in and then I realized that an important parcel was coming that I needed to get today otherwise like I think it's for someone's birthday so I thought I'd would try and run to the door and I did I did make it but um it was this postman that I'd not seen in ages and he's like really chatty and friendly um, so I kind of just like put my dressing gown on and he was like talking to me and I was like okay Wayne I've got to go now <laughs> little did he know that I had like a coffee enema in in hold at the mm-hmm. moment 
in the fully in the colon. Well, I remember yeah. Sandra Williams. I like, this could go so wrong so quickly because you know how it can just like the Explode. waves that you go through. Mm. Like where you can just get an intense like wave that you just have to kind of ride out. But I was, I was like, this is not a day that we can be chatting, so I gotta go. That was almost Wayne. Almost had um quite the shock. Like <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> oh god, I yeah. would. I would never be able to look him in the eye. I actually saw him today and it made me have a flashback. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I must add this to the list. Yeah. <laughs> I remember Dandra Williams who taught, was one of our teachers in London. She was like 70 something. And she used to, she was the person who first mentioned enemas to us all. And I remember she was like, just to let you all know, holding my enema. Oh, yeah. right I hold it all day. And she oh, is like, God. got she being serious though? Yeah. Yeah, she's holding it in. For the whole day. No. Yeah, I know, I'm like, that's... And she was wearing, like, cream trousers. Oh, God. <laughs> I've heard of she, her. She's Yeah, she has, like, students roamed for, like, supper clubs and stuff in London. Yeah, she lives in, like, Chelsea in West yeah. London. You know, and they say, like, the only difference between weird and eccentric is having a lot of money. <laughs> and, like, she's eccentric purely for the fact she's got money and yeah. is wealthy and otherwise. I mean, she, I learned loads from her, but... Um, she's, like, cancer specialist, isn't she? Yes. Yeah. yeah, which is why, yeah, I suppose she talks about mm. things like coffee enemies mm-hmm. are huge within yeah, um, those circles. But I don't think you need it in all day. No. Just... I mean, I was like... Wow, that's like really disgusting. <laughs> like I'm, I'm sat like in the desk in front of yeah. you. Like, oh no! But yeah, oh, no. fun times. But that probably is going to be me when I'm seventy. Really, that's our secret. <laughs> yeah. Want to be more that my, my role model? Yeah. <laughs> oh well, that was funny. I do have more, but like, there's it's just going to go on and on. And I know we've got to go. um so we might have to do a part two and i'm sure as the years go by there'll be other things that we try and it's all just a learning curve at the end of the day and i don't regret anything because it helped me now with clients and showing funny things like this will hopefully make at least one person like giggle and relate just somewhat and prevent some of the mistakes that we've made um or not feel so bad about their own health journey so thank you for being open and honest and sharing some of your stories and i'm sure you'll be back on the podcast again thank you thanks rosie i really hope you enjoyed this episode if you did i would love for you to leave me a rating and review on your podcast app as this helps to support the show and it allows it to reach more people with this valuable information come and say hi over on instagram i'm at viva natural health And if you haven't already, check out my website, vivanaturalhealth.co.uk for tons more free resources and to discover how I could support you further. I currently offer one-on-one consultation packages if you want my top level support, then more affordable group programs and self-paced online courses. So there really is something for everyone. Enjoy the rest of your day and I'll see you back here next week for another episode.